This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. This is the Star Wars Report. Uh, it's another fun hour of Star Wars podcasting. This is the way. Not not this podcast, but but Star Wars fandom. That's what I'm saying. Star Wars, this is the way. It sounds better when it's in the TV show than when I say it doesn't work as a podcast slogan as much as it works as a uh, Mandalorian. So, <laughs> well, hey everybody, glad to have you back. Let's bring him back in. Uh, you know him. It's Mr. Bruce Gibson. Uh, of course, it's great to have you back on the show. Just as Clone Wars has relaunched, mm-hmm. Project Luminous is being announced in like two hours as we record this. Whatever the heck it is, it's a busy Star Wars time. How's it going, Bruce? Oh, hey, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> What's <is> happening? <laughs> hey, man, I've missed you. It's been, you know, a few weeks. Yes, welcome back. Welcome back, man. Good to, good to have you on. Yeah, you know, I've been uh, into the Star Wars thing, even yeah. without you. You know, even though I'm not on the show all the time, S- Star Wars is in my blood. Yes, good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Not, I, I, not only is it in your blood, it's on your face because I opened up the Skype video and Bruce is sporting this big Obi-Wan beard. And I was like, Obi-Wan? And he's like, well, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. A long time. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, also, well, Bruce, hello I, there. I want to yes. uh, welcome also a first-time guest on the Star Wars Report. Uh, let's bring him in. It's Brandon uh, from Trek FM, of course, hosts the Picard Show podcast over there, and also delving uh, into the Clone Wars for the first time recently, and we're going to have you talking about that in just a little bit, Brandon, but welcome to the Star Wars Report podcast, sir. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. You know, I was very honored when Bruce told me that I was a uh, a mutant podcaster with desirable traits. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Crossing yes. over from one star franchise to another. Why we, not? Uh, exactly. Why not? He's like, he's kind of like a, a, you know, a virgin, or he was with Clone Wars, which we'll talk about later. Mm, yes, indeed. Yes. yes, indeed. Brandon Shea Mutala yes. from Trek FM. Yes. Plus some other places. The nerd. Wait, what are what other network? Oh, UFP. You got your yeah. own network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got our own network called UFP, and over there I have a show, uh, which is the United Federation of Podcasts, and I have a show called Franchise Fatigue with no R, and that's all about movies, sequels, and remakes. Mm. So we do an episode per movie, and then I have a show on the Fandom Podcast Network, um, and it's called Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. So we go through all of Hitchcock's films one at a time in chronological order, and coming out um, nice. on... Uh, the first Friday in March is our episode on uh, Shadow of a Doubt. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Uh, we will leave links to all these things in the show notes for uh, today's episode. But you know what, guys? Let's do it. Let's jump straight into the news. We have something to report. Delta, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham Spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. All right, let's hit it. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. It's official. It's... Uh, that would lead them back 
home. It's uh, it's coming to home video. It's a, uh, oh, a good. I, I was really concerned that we would never get it on home video. <laughs> I haven't even. It's s- official. It's coming to home video. <laughs> Thank God. Good news. Uh, listen, <laughs> our long national nightmare is over. Um, it's coming to home video. Well, actually, it, as has been traditional recently, it's um, coming on digital. Coming out on digital first. Uh, uh, I hate it when they do that. Yeah, they do. Um, let's see what if we can <laughs> find. They, they've got all kinds of. Um, a really, uh, we'll have a link to the show notes. Fanta Tracks is a complete breakdown of what the. Uh, uh, physical disc will look like i'm actually looking to see if they say the actual date of the um digital versus physical release but i i do remember this it's march 31st that the actual mm-hmm. blu-ray comes out itself so that's when we can you know, finally see it do you know if they're gonna have a 3d copy in north america uh not that i'm seeing not that i'm no. seeing uh which doesn't surprise me I don't know. I it's. I, are you a 3D Blu-ray person? I'm curious. Yeah, I have a 3D TV and a 3D projector. Oh, nice. Okay. <sighs> Beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know, but here's what they will have. They actually talked about what the bonus features are. So I'm gonna I'm gonna spit these out real quick, and then I want uh, Bruce and Brandon your y'all's reactions. Which one you're looking forward to the most? They're starting off with the Skywalker Legacy. The story lives forever in this feature-length documentary, so we are getting a full-length documentary, charts the making of Rise of Skywalker. Uh, they have Pisana Pursuit creating the speeder chase, Aliens in the Desert, Dio, the key to the past, Warwick and Son, a segment on Warwick Davis, um, coming back uh, to play the war, the war, the role of Wicket. That's really hard to say. <laughs> the role of Wicket. Um, cast of Creatures, which is, of course, all the creature effects, puppetry makeup. And then finally... The Maestro's Finale. Composer John Williams reflects on his body of work on the Star Wars saga. Uh, Bruce, Ooh. which one of those? Let's let's talk about what's jumping out to you. Uh, it's, it seems pretty beefy. It seems like a pretty good um, list of bonus features. Yeah, so I'll say all of them. I'm excited <laughs> about all of them. No, but if I had to pick one, the Skywalker Legacy, because it's mm. a feature-length documentary about the making of the movie. But I didn't hear you mention about like a commentary. So... Uh- so I look forward to those. I was kind of hoping we'd get that. Yeah the um, the the commentary the commentary for the Force Awakens wasn't that great. No, it wasn't. That was, was a little disappointing. It was a lot of JJ and saying and so and he was great and this was great. Oh, this one part was great. I just loved so they were so great and <laughs> that's kind of how JJ Abrams does a film commentary. Um, you know it is it is what it is brandon how about you uh, uh any of these jump out to you oh i definitely want to check out that bonus feature on uh, john williams yes um i don't know if bruce knew this or not like i I used to host a show on trek fm about the music of star trek and um oh. you know i love john williams he's one of the greatest but uh the score for return of the jedi is was was the first score that stood out to me and it, part of the reason is because of the uh the male choir that's in it hmm but the the actual piece that really captured me the first time I really understood what he was doing with the music is when is when Vader's dying at the end and they play just the Imperial March just on that solo harp there. Mm, like yep. that just really stood out to me. So definitely John Williams. He's the one of the greatest composers ever. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, and it's it's important to point out because I'm I'm looking at the website now that is only a part of digital. It's a digital exclusive. Oh. So I'm assuming that's not on the Blu-ray or DVD. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. Um, 
Yeah, and I, but I think if you get the if you get the DVD and Blu-ray, you get a digital code anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of those things where the patience pays off. That's what I've always done. I like I like actually getting the the physical copy, um, both the display. But um, also, to, you can have a digital Same. copy too. Of course, now that we have Disney Plus, like it's a matter of time before it's on there as well. So, like, oh well, we'll just wait till Disney Plus puts it on in like a, a year. <laughs> well, I wonder what the <laughs> release window will be. That's actually, I'd be really curious to see how much of a delay there is between the regular home video versus Disney Plus. Because for Netflix, back in the days, maybe six months or so thereabouts. Yeah, um, about that. a little more, I think. But so, yeah. a lot of great bonus features. I gotta say, if I were to pick one probably brandon i'm with you the um, i'm a huge john williams fan i love the score to rise of skywalker really hope mm-hmm. that he would actually kind of dig into how some of his themes in rise of skywalker connect to the rest of the saga i'd be really curious i would hope that they kind of delve into that a little bit now that's a commentary i would like is john williams doing oh, the commentary geez. during the movie saying like kidding? okay now at this beat i did this going into this My scene God. i did that throughout the whole movie that would be mm. i would pay a hundred dollars Oh, easily. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we should just tr- uh, track him down, trap John Williams in this, you yeah. know, force him to do a podcast commentary with us. Notably, like, hey, though. Hey, baby, let's do Hey, this. baby. Uh, notably, pun intended, uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker Blu-ray is missing, at least in the, the initial copy. Nothing on deleted scenes. And you mentioned it, Bruce. No commentary. There's no mention of commentary in the home release. Uh, I no just, deleted scenes. They didn't take anything out of this movie, though. There's nothing to. There's nothing been true, deleted. That's true. That's right? true. Yeah, it's just straight <gasps> from J.J. Abrams' imagination. Oh, okay. The, okay. Here's my thought. Because I'm thinking, yeah, why would there be no deletes? We know there's a lot of deleted scenes. Which oh, yeah. Now makes me wonder. Well, wait. They don't want to put deleted scenes in this because they're going to come out with an extended version later, and they want us to no, buy that. No, not J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Woody has mm-hmm. he ever? He didn't put out an extended edition of um, any of the Trek films. You guys are the guys to ask, no. right? Or Force Awakens or Super 8 or Mission Impossible 3. He seems like a more traditional... He doesn't seem like a Peter Jackson type of guy. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe though, like maybe we could dare to hope. I'd think that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying because I feel like there's a lot more deleted scenes maybe in this one than the previous ones. And I since the trilogy that. is over, mm. it's not like they have to, well, we, we might use something like that later, you know? It's yeah. over. That's fair. That's fair. I think... Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. The packaging, by Let's the way... Let's ask them. Yeah, I know. Packaging does look pretty good, though. Um, Phantatrax has some um, uh, pretty sweet pictures of the steel book some of the interior i just i mean it looks great like, there's not really a lot to add to it other than i really like it um and also they're doing uh amazon has also released about the um uh dvd and blu-ray nine film box set that they're going to be doing so they're going to do a nine movie collection box set. of course this is mm-hmm. this is bound to happen of course um that, that, that they put out but it's um a, a 4k ultra hd blu-ray edition of the skywalker saga nine movie collection 27 discs and an exclusive letter from mark hamill that's pretty cool right i want i don't want to know how much this is going to cost <laughs> is this the uh, what they call this the mcclunky box set exactly <laughs> with, with uh but yeah it actually exclusively it, mark hamill's autograph actually just says mcclunky right there um but yeah okay well that'd be a cool with uh with the Easter, could maybe be a little Easter uh, basket present. 
Oh, for... wait, you're hinting as if you want me to buy you an Easter present? No. <laughs> no, just my, uh, my future wife. Or I a just... wedding present. <laughs> oh, there you that, go. That would make a great Dude, wedding Dude, yeah. I, f- I have not been allowed to put any wed- Star Wars stuff on the registry. I'm very mad about this. <laughs> you need to start your own registry, just like on right? Amazon. Go rogue. Don't even tell her. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the put rogue it, registry. I and I have control that I could put it on the wedding website that we have, so everybody goes to the wrong. All all we'll get at the wedding is Lego sets and books and boxes. <laughs> It'll be great. I love it. I just know that this show's going to go downhill because now I can't pick on you about being single and trying to find a girl. I know. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Really, <laughs> it is. I guess we've accomplished the mission, and now it's boring. <laughs> I know, this. right? What? Why? Why even listen at this point? Um, Actually, well, I'd rather have Savannah on the show. Right uh, that, it's going to happen at some point. Like you said, she's she's <laughs> she's tolerating about ten to twelve episodes of the Clone Wars to catch up, so that we can watch the new season as it comes out. So we're That's getting awesome. there. We're getting there. Yes. Um, but hey, uh, speaking of Rise of Skywalker, uh, I want to jump a little out of order than usual, quickly hit some feedback that we got uh, on uh, this ongoing conversation that we've had about Rise of Skywalker. So with, of course, the home video release coming um, and our conversation about the the dyad in the force, so to speak, between Leia and Ben, not so much between mother and son, not so much between Ray and Ben, uh, Nathan emailed, said, hey... Um, Wanted to pop in real quick. Uh, I just listened to this week's episode where you read an email talking about the mother-son dyad. I never considered it before, uh, but as you guys were talking about it, I was reminded of the concept of a mother-child duology. It appears in one of Lucas's original inspirations, The Hero with a Thousand Faces by John Campbell. In it, Campbell talks about the mother-son bond, Madonna and Bambino. Uh, It is formed in the womb, and the child is the only focus of the mother, and it's a strong bond. Um... Uh, the other point of interest is the uh, that clicked in my head was right after that. It talks about the suffering of the father. The son, once born, is now competing for the mother's attention because of the introduction of the father figure into the child's reality. Thus, we get a sort of uh, Oedipal... That's, that's, that's a word. Oedipus, right? Oedipal uh, thing where the child wants to remove the father to hoard the attention of the mother. While not exactly what happens in, this, in the sequel trilogy, I find it interesting that some of those undertones do seem to be there, Ben being not aim- being unable to commit patricide, uh, patricide, but not matricide shows that they have a strong bond. And if it is truly a force dyad, I'm sure the force makes that bond even stronger. Not to say that Ben wanted to go full Oedipus Rex on Leia, but the uh, parallels are there. And that kind of thing with Campbell's book, at least from my understanding, is uh, that although the actual presentation of these themes may vary, the core essence of them exists in virtually every story. It makes me wonder, what is it that brought Kylo? Um, you know, not exactly revelatory, but I thought it was interesting um, and fun to see Lucas's original inspirations shining through. Uh, Bruce, what do you think? Is is there something to be said that that we don't really get the time to see between with Leia's connection to? Ben, especially, and I've seen some conversation ongoing about whether or not this was Leia basically manifesting or speaking as Han to Ben through the Force. Like, it's literally her sort of casting this vision through the Force. It's not just a memory. I've seen some of that. What do you think? Mm, I think it's a memory. Mm. I think it's all in Kylo's mind. I mean, I don't... I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard the creators talk about that being something that Leia has cast over to Kylo to see Han. I mean, they've all said, oh, it's in Kylo's head. He's, it's a vision 
of his. It's a memory. Yeah. So, but, I mean, it certainly could be. You could think of it in that way. Because I, I often think, well, we're seeing this vision of Kylo's because of his connection with the Force. I'm not saying this is Han coming through as a, as a Force ghost or anything like that, but there's certain abilities in the Force that you have visions. And so he's having a vision of his father. And maybe some of that is propelled by his mother, giving him more strength and connecting to that light side of the force in order to have it. So yeah, I can, I could see it going in that direction. So it's not contradicting what the creators have said. It is a memory of vision, but yeah, Leia could be really strengthening that yeah, to make it happen. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Brandon? Is there something more to Leia and Ben's connection that maybe we didn't have time to see or that maybe could better explain Kylo Ren's uh, redemption arc? Oh, see, this is a tough one here. So, like, as much as I do enjoy the sequel trilogy, I mean, there's just so many, so many wide open elements of the history of these characters that we just don't have enough information on and it, it could be interpreted either way that they had a strong relationship or possibly that they had a, a poor relationship together and that could have helped to lead to him straying to the dark side of the forest right yeah so yeah. i don't know like i i had read an article i just read it briefly that um that they had thought that Han appearing at the end was a force ghost from Han. And there was subtle indications in episode four that he might have s- some s- force sensitive abilities like, um, um, Charit is a Charit Inway in mm. uh, rogue one. Oh yeah. The, mm-hmm. the blind guy. Um, like he's, he's force sensitive. He may not be a Jedi, but he's force sensitive. Um, and so that might be the explanation for why he's able to see Han without it maybe actually being a force ghost. Um, but I, I kind of just assume cause Kylo's injured at that time. Is he not? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's, I just assumed that it's like part of like the pain that he's in reflecting back on his past. That's how I interpret it as yeah. I was watching it. Um, I don't, I don't think I would see any influence from Leia in that at all. Yeah, well, and because she the the and the moment of Leia reaching out to him, I think that is significant. But I don't know if that means she's channeling Han to to reach out to 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 Ben. I think it's important. I think it's a self reflective moment for the character of Ben Solo, of of Kylo Ren and Ben Solo. I think that there, there's a reason that's the turning point. But it is Kylo Ren's choice that's the turning point there, because that's and that's the Star Wars. That's Star Wars through and through. Like decision points, turning points. Um, Qui Gon Jinn's decision to sacrifice himself, um, right? Uh, th- think in the original Luke Skywalker's decision to follow Obi Wan and learn the ways of a Jedi. Like these these core moments where the character decides and the whole plot of the film shifts. That is Kylo Ren in that moment uh, after confronted by his father and seeing what he had become um, and throwing away the lightsaber. It's a great moment. It's probably the greatest. I, this is the problem, Edis. I haven't gone back to see the film since end of December, and I and now it's about to be. It's, it's not in hardly any theaters anymore, and I want to go back. Every time I t- talk about this film, I want to go back into theaters. I know. Now um, I want to go back and see it. I yeah, know. I've seen yeah. it what four times, and the last time I saw it was in mid January. Yeah, okay. I'm up to four. Yeah, that I did in um, like I think right before New Year's is when last time I saw mm-hmm. it. But um, I am I am planning on seeing it again because these kinds of conversations just keep coming around. Which um, that I mean, it's been sparking a lot of emails from you guys, including one from Jamie. Um, puts a nice pin in this, really. Um, 
uh, email from Jamie from Chicago says, Hey, I'm really excited uh, to you to talk about Leia's death and the potential way she influenced Kylo and Ben up until they came, became one in the Force together. I think this is one of the major aspects of the Rise of Skywalker not being discussed enough. I'm 100% of the opinion that she com- commits some sort of Force possession of Kylo and Ben and that alters his path and changes his knowledge of the Force. To me, this makes a beautiful and powerful end to Leia's story, like her having an active role in, in, in his change as as she passes on um mm. he goes on to say that anakin fell to the dark side partially because he coveted the power to heal and save those he loved fast forward to rise of skywalker ray has the ability to heal things but as she describes it it requires you to give some of your own energy therefore there's a level of self-sacrifice required to use this power which inherently makes it more of a light side power which makes sense as to why Anakin followed a path to obtain power, and this prevented him from being able to, uh, you know, obtain what he wanted, which was to save Padme, and in fact became a self-fulfilling prophecy, and his own nightmares became true. It's sort of a reverse of Anakin Skywalker uh, happening in The Rise of Skywalker. So I, it's, a, it's a really good way of looking at it, Jamie, of like it really puts the sort of Star Wars coda on that, on that moment, that contrast between Anakin's choices uh, and Ray's choices in those moments. Um, she wanted, she wants to save Ben, but she's not willing to, you know, sacrifice herself or compromise who she is to do it. And I think that's really important mm. in that moment. Um, so, yep. The Jamie, thanks so much for emailing and uh, guys, keep the conversation going. Email starsreport at gmail.com starsreport at gmail.com. Let's talk some Clone Wars, guys. Uh, Can I add something to that oh, email there? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So she said something there that got me thinking and whatnot. Like, she had mentioned that she thinks that possibly Leia kind of manipulated uh, Kylo a bit to come towards the, the light side, but I don't know if I would, I would interpret that way because the way that I understand the Force is, you know, everything is about your own decisions, and part of the reason that Anakin was the savior the chosen one is because in the end he made the choice to turn back to the light side. You know, he had the influence of Luke, but the ultimate Mm. choice was his. Yeah. Right. And, you know, while Palpatine and Darth Sidious manipulated young Anakin, the choice was ultimately his, you know, he had Mm. his fear of losing Padme, but, and so Palpatine provided something, you know, tempting to him a way to save her, and so he made the wrong choice, but later at the end he made the right choice. So I don't think that Leia would be able to manipulate him to become good. That's such a decision that he would have had to have made at his own, uh, in his own mind. And I think that when he was injured there, seeing Han is when he made the decision mm. to join the the path back to the light side of the forest. That's a really good point, Brandon. I that's a it puts it it makes it much more clarifying. And much more, frankly, consistent with the the Star Wars saga of storytelling, mm. of that being a moment of choice by the character himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I like that for sure. Yeah, I I agree with that too. Yeah, I mean that's how I perceived it. It wasn't until he's interacting with his fathers when he's really coming around. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he makes that final step because when he throws the lightsaber, that's it's like, a very it's a very Darth Vader arc too. Like at first wow. he makes the wrong choice. He does turn to the dark side. He does kill his father. And that the same scene plays out again. The same choice. Exact same choice plays out again to a different The whole outcome. Leia thing is very interesting, though. The Leia thing like, is... 
I can't figure that one out. It's forced. The problem with the with the structure, at least in the plot, the this pacing, it's it's just a little forced, and and it's too. It's where the breakneck pace of the film hurts itself, is you don't really have an opportunity to appreciate Leia's sacrifice and her role uh, in the film to, with Ray. You like you see the briefest of moments of her training Ray, the brief flashback with her and Luke, but you just it's not enough time to really put the character of 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 Leia center stage in the way I feel like she deserved. Um, and I, I felt like that as much as I love the rise of Skywalker, that's something I, I remember walking out of the the screening with you, Bruce. And, and it was kind of on my mind of the Leia stuff was just, you know, that slightly off. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, that's, 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 that's star Wars fans. We always have, we all have our things, but it's just cause it's just cause we care. <laughs> we care. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, star Wars, I care a lot about, uh, especially recently. It's been sort of rejuvenating my fandom. I've been going back, rewatching the old episodes, Clone Wars is back. It's back. It is back. Uh, in fact, um, we watched the first episode, put out um, a brand new debut, a little quick plug at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. The first episode of our Clone Wars commentary series, which is just yours truly sitting down for 22 minutes and, and doing a quick commentary of the film after I watch of the, of the TV show as I watch it. Each week it'll be uh, available at the Rogue Transmissions level of our patreon and the first one's out for free on patreon and for free in the podcast feed it's the one that just came out before this podcast uh so you can check out what we're doing for clone wars commentaries and keeping the clone Wars spirit alive here at the star wars report um and that's what i also wanted to do in this segment and brandon you just had a chance to catch up on all the clone wars and there's a lot of catching up to do uh, mm-hmm. Tell me your sort of background leading into the show, like what what sort of impression you had of it, and and maybe how that changed through this whole process. So I had watched the Clone Wars movie when it came out in theaters um, back in I was that 2010, I think it was that it mm-hmm. came out 2009, something like that. Yes, I'm uh, bad with, I'm not quite yeah, good with the numbers, but um, um, it was a show that I always intended to get into, but I just never found the time for it, and you know. By the time I finally started having free time to watch things was when I started discovering podcasting, and so it was all Star Trek related at the time. But, you know, getting Disney Plus for Mandalorian, I decided, like, this is a perfect time to watch this show now, leading up to knowing there's a new season coming coming out um so my friend i've got a friend nick and he gave me a list of episodes to watch which he felt are the most important ones he's like there's about 85 or something like that episodes and he says watch these ones and watch them in Mm. this order so he gave me kind of a chronological order oh nice so the first episode i watched was like a season three episode with just some clones and they had that old clone 99 right i think that's the first one i watched and so, but but I, I did finish them early enough that I did go back and finish watching the entirety of the show by the time, uh, well, I guess it was about two weeks ago now that I did finish it. And, you know, there's some really, really amazing stuff in this show. There's some really great arcs. There's some, there's some stinker episodes. Like, I kind of question <laughs> that, uh, you know, that um, Mace Windu Jar Jar thing from season uh, six. That's, yeah. a, that's <laughs> that a little questionable, thing. but... There was some interesting stuff. Like one of the things that I found the most interesting about the Clone Wars itself was the arc at the end with Yoda and finding out that Force Ghosts was not a thing that was just around everywhere because I'd always assumed that it was just something that Jedi did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it adds a lot 
to the canon and interpretations of Star Wars. Uh, but we also get to see some wonderful stuff with a lot of the side characters. You know, like, I, I love Grievous. Uh, I think Grievous is a great character. I'm a sucker for Palpatine. You know, so that lightsaber battle between Palpatine and Maul and his brother is, like, probably my favorite moment in the whole Clone Wars series. Um, but I liked how they were trying to push boundaries like that i don't i don't know the names of the arcs but there was that arc i think it was in season three where um anakin goes to that kind of that dark asteroid and there's like that good good force person that he's got to fight with that or the bad force person he's got to fight with a good force person plus their father figure do you yeah, know what I'm talking the about? um mm. uh the mortis trilogy yep, yep that's yes. the one mm-hmm. so yeah. i thought like that's that one and the one with the the clone the clone army and they were being pushed and manipulated by that one jedi oh the krell like the, guy the, the krell Fighter. arc yes yes mm-hmm. like um, the, that was some spot on dex some had definitely turned to the dark side uh, yeah <laughs> obi-wan <laughs> hey hey so, um <laughs> he lost a lot of weight too uh them Caminoans, <laughs> they're cloners, damn good ones. Um, yeah, there's so much good stuff. It is, it's, it is one of those. It's an experimental series, and there are episodes that just don't work. There, there's, yeah. there's some stinkers. You're right, yeah. but there's some of the best storytelling in Star Wars is buried in there. Like, um, I'm rewatching it right now. I've selected maybe about. I think my left-right boundary is about a dozen that I can pick out for my fiance that we're gonna watch together. Because like animation's not animated tv series not really your thing mm-hmm. um and but she liked the prequels when we watched the saga together last year and uh particularly likes obi-wan as a character so she kind of jumped in and she's willing to uh come along but so i showed her arc troopers the same episode you did with 99 showed her landing on point rain and then now we just watched brothers the, uh, is that you, brother? Brother, 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 brother. Um, so we we watched that episode, um, which we skipped past some of the other Night Sister stuff. So I had to like pause and like, no. So the Night Sisters were the oh, the, the Night was, Sisters are great, and it, it, they were great. But like, you know, I had to like condense. There's there's so many Mall Night Sister episodes. I, c- I had to condense it a little yeah. bit. So that one really is the great because that's the revival of Mall, and it's so brilliantly done. It's a mm-hmm. very um, it leans heavily into the fantasy elements of Star Wars, heavily, and it's it's very Lord of the Rings like, down to the uh, snake figure who's kind of like Gollum. The Shelob is basically the parallel to Darth Maul coming back in spider form, being insane. And the delivery of Sandwich, where the writing, it's just brilliantly done. She's like, "Wow, that was the best one." Yeah, I I really like these episodes without Anakin. <laughs> She thinks Anakin's oh. she thinks Anakin's kind of irritating to her. Um, Poor which Annie. He's harsh. He's a little harsh, bare. but fair. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one yeah. of those things that I think it when it's on all cylinders, it hits at the very, very oh, yeah. essence of Star Wars. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's funny because I I did the same thing Brandon did. Uh, I got the list from Nick, and uh, so yeah, I'm. And I have already watched all the Clone Wars as they came out. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first time I did a rewatch, and just this order. And you can go and get a full, you know, chronological order on StarWars.com. But the one we were going through didn't include all the episodes, but it included a good many of them. But Not I, the Jar Jar re- missing from uh, from his list. <laughs> yeah, like there was that kind of stuff, and like the droid arc. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Off, yeah. That what about the, the Meeber Gascon kind of arc? The Meeber Gascon episode. Uh, I think that was, I don't think that was included. Good. <laughs> but, uh, but the thing is, it's like watching me in chronological order, 
just played so much better than it was the first time I watched it. Because I remember oh. it feeling disjointed as I would watch like an episode and then another episode had like something totally different. And then later I'd get an episode and I'm like, wait, I thought this already happened. Like, wait, this doesn't make sense. And then I'd find out later, oh yeah, George went back and created a prequel to that episode in a previous season. And it seemed disjointed those first three seasons. But then when you watch it chronologically, it just flows so well. It makes mm. it connects so much better to watch it that way. It really does. Which I wish is how they would put on Disney Plus. That's how yeah, they should yeah. have it on there. It was funny because Filoni said, I've got the first season on Blu-ray, so I was actually watching those. Because I, I bought it when it came out because I was intending to follow along with the show and I just never kept up with it. But uh, Filoni says in one of the bonus features, he's like, yeah, it's weird because when we got to this episode, this one was a prequel to a prequel of a prequel movie. <laughs> You know, so because they were all like out of order and whatnot, but that's true. That's true. The, uh, there was one though that I was gonna... really surprised with that I did want to mention that yeah. I really loved simply for the animation style, mm-hmm. and it was actually one from season one. It was the blue shadow virus one. No way. Uh, I love the way Naboo looks in that episode. I think it's really beautiful. There's like this really neat. It's painted almost, and you know, it just it looked really cool, and I kind of liked. That mad scientist villain that was in that one. The He's blue so shadow top. virus. The blue. He's just the shadow. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of like that episode, but it was it was yeah. beautiful. It looked really really good. Yeah. I, I I'm all right. Here's a little clip. Here's the I. We have to hear the hear this dude's voice. There he is, Doctor Vindy. I remember. Wonderful specimens. <laughs> What's a life form like you doing in a swamp like this? Like this? What is a life form like you doing in a swamp? It's Colonel Clink. It's literally Colonel Clink from Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> there's a, listen, there's a deep cut reference for 1960s television. <laughs> you can see the Gungans? Uh, okay, Um. yeah, that was pretty... That was... I... I that was one of the hammiest episodes. I'm not gonna lie. That was pretty good. I liked that one. Um, any other episodes really jump out to you uh, as your as your f- like favorite storytelling wise, Brandon? I really liked the youngling arc when they had to build their lightsabers. Mm, yeah, that was good. Um, that whole arc was really good. Um, so those are those are probably the ones that stood out the most. That last one with Yoda was really fantastic. Mm. I really yes. really loved that one. That yes. might be my personal favorite. Is is Yoda's arc in the in the season six i think it is yeah you know that 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 one was really important because when it came out that was right when right after george lucas left and retired yeah that was almost like his swan song swan song yeah yeah the the one that started season six as well where that one uh that one clone was figuring out the order 66 thing in their head i really like that one too yeah yeah yeah, season so six I'm looking is pretty forward great. Forward to season seven, but I I don't I don't know anything about what's coming, so I I don't I haven't read any articles. I'm not that deep into it, so it's all going to be a surprise to me as as we as we go into it. Nice. I mean, if we talk a little bit about it here, that's fine. But, we'll uh, give it. Uh, I think I'm that's. Really, I'm really excited to see where it goes. That's awesome, Brandon. I'm expecting Brandon. the final. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm expecting the final episode to be Dooku capturing Palpatine, though. That's what I'm expecting. Hmm. I think that'd be pretty great. Well, we we kind of might get it. I I will um we'll give you guys sort of the descript the descriptions of the arcs. We get three arcs for season seven. I think this will be a good way to cap off the ex- episode. Is kind of look ahead to what we're looking forward to most. 
Um, we've seen some of this before in the form of animatics. Uh, back at Celebration, they did some panels where they showed clips and even released whole episodes in early animatic form uh, because they thought they would never be back. So um, coming back to redo it for Disney+, Plus, it might be familiar to, to viewers, although they are slightly different in animation style. But of course, the first uh, arc is the Bad Batch arc. First episode's out uh, of the same title. Uh, chronicling the elite experimental clones, uh, Clone Force 99, named after, of course, 99. Um, I had never seen the story reel, so it was all new to me, which I'm very glad I did. A great first episode, really showcasing the clones with a very sort of, um, oh, what's the 1980s TV show? I'm th- a very A-team sort of vibe <laughs> to this episode <laughs> with all everybody with their various personalities I and stuff. I the fool. Uh, the there the other two arcs is they haven't really named it. It's sort of Ahsoka's walkabout arc. There's a Matt Bell over at Fantha Tracks does a great roundup of what to look ahead, and he has some pictures of things we've seen before about these episodes. But this is a four episode arc um, where it, it's basically a story of Ahsoka's first adventure after leaving the Jedi Order and venturing into level 1313 of the underworld of Coruscant, probably pulling from some of those live-action scripts that George has always had on the back shelf from when he was trying to work on 1313 and and the video game of the same title. Um, So we know it had voices and animatic work done, but now we're seeing the full story. Uh, Ahsoka's going to meet up with some kind of mechanic type, and they're going to have this whole sort of adventure um that that we kind of show it showcases ahsoka post jedi order and then finally we get the siege of mandalore the oft talked about much much ballyhooed siege of mandalore and this four episode arc um it's uh well it's bad it's it's basically the it takes place concurrently or essentially leading right up to revenge of the sith um and so this is the one uh, they don't. We don't know a whole lot about it, other than the fact that it has to do with Maul, and Maul's going to be a big part of uh, Mandalore and the siege of Mandalore, and what role Maul will have as he uh, kind of infiltrates what will become known as the Shadow Collective, and when we we see him as a sort of crime lord uh, in Solo, so it'll probably bridge that gap a little bit. But we also know the siege of Mandalore events take place concurrently with the battle of Coruscant at the beginning of revenge of the Sith. So I expect, I I expect some connection there um, Mm -hmm. because they've confirmed that like through the Ahsoka Ahsoka novel and some other publishing that's talked about the siege of Mandalore when they still thought those episodes might um, come out in some form or fashion. So um, there it is. That's the three arcs we're looking forward to. I mean, I think, I don't want to speak for us all, but I think I can speak for us all safely in saying the Siege of Mandalore is probably the part we're looking forward to most. I don't know. That's the case yeah. for me anyway. Yeah. Is it only a 12-episode season then? Or is Correct. one of the arcs five, 12 episodes? 12 okay. episodes. Truncated. 12 episodes. So I guess we're not going to see that missing scene we saw at Celebration one year with between Boba Fett and Cad Bane. No, there's in fact, there's a whole uh, list. Um, I wonder if I can do... I want that so bad. Let's see. I think um, they they might have it here because uh, Fanta Tracks had a great. Uh, yeah, Matt Bell uh, also wrote. Uh, this literally came out the other day on Fanta Tracks, so I, I had to pull it up here. But a all the stuff that we're missing, like they had to handpick how many episodes they could invest, animate, and produce. 
because they had a lot more stuff in the works, including. So is this really the final? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> who know? Maybe if it's a huge smashing hit for Disney Plus, they'll want more episodes. But the other episodes that we were expecting, season six was supposed to include the bounty hunter arc. That's what you're talking about. Cad Bane working with uh, young Boba Fett and Ara Singh. They have a bunch of concept art and stuff. I remember going to the Star Wars Celebration panel and seeing concept art for that. And then the whole Dark Disciple arc. There were two Dark Disciple arcs that got rolled into the Dark Disciple novel with Asajj Ventress. And um, it was written by Katie Lucas, Matt McNavance, Dave Filoni. And it was going to be eight episodes in season seven. Um well, and it looks amazing. Like, I want to see that. So, like, there's a lot. Oh, there's a Kashyyyk arc that would feature Yoda, the Bad Batch, and the Wookiees, and Wookiees including Tarful back on Kashyyyk. Um, and then there's going to be the Son of Dathomir arc, which became the uh, uh, comic, which was adapted into the comic book um, with Maul's story picking up where it left off in season five where Maul's captured by Sidious and held captive in the spire, a separatist yeah. prison on Stygian prime. So Did those are, that? I never, I never read, I, I need you never to read son of Dathomir. No, I didn't. I of all the star yeah. Wars comics I've been consuming. That's not one of the ones I, I meant to do, but um, yeah. And then at some point we know the use on Vong were going to appear and they were working on some kind of Mon Cala arc, but that was more developmental. The other stuff like, seemed like they got pretty far. Um, so who knows? Maybe that will, that other stuff will appear if they decide to do more clone wars. But I, it really, I think, uh, just depends on how successful the show is on Disney plus. Yeah. So we all need to watch it several, several, several times. Yeah. I know I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Brandon, what did you think of this first episode of the season? Uh, I thought it was a great start to the season. Um, it, it, I think it intentionally reminded me of that, uh, uh, Arc Troopers episode, you know, like there's a lot of callbacks to that one. Um, I I really like the idea of expanding on it of these. I, I think they they call them like defective clones with desirable traits is what they what they called them. And I think it's an interesting idea that you know m- not every clone um, that these aliens were making was of perfect quality, right? So mm. you have some that are not quite so strong and then you've got some of these other ones here like there's the one really big guy who's super strong so i think it's an interesting way to expand on the mythology of the clones because that's really is an interesting Mm. idea yeah in the star wars universe and like watching this series you know I, i only compare it to what like how i've seen it represented in star trek and in star trek like clones are basically considered bad things in star trek i mean you know uh there's an episode in next generation where there are a couple people are cloned not not by choice, their their DNA is taken from them and cloned, and they end up killing them and whatnot, um, like so that they don't exist. But here, they're like just treating them like normal people. You know, they're they're not treating them like lesser individuals. I mean, there are some people that are, are, but our main heroes are treating them just like normal people. You know, they've all got their own personalities. And when a clone dies, you know, our our hero Jedi take it as an extreme mm. loss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it they're while they're mass produced, just like the droids are mass produced on the the Empire side, it's it's like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So. That's very true. Yeah. Especially the, when you watch the movies, because you really don't get to see the personality of the clones right. as individuals. So this series, when it was coming out, I was like, Oh, okay, we'll see a bunch of clones running around shooting and doing battles. 
And little did I know that we would connect to certain characters as individuals and that they're so different from one another. They may sound the same. They may even look the same, but they are totally individuals. They are human, you know, and uh, it's good that our heroes treat them that way. But like you said, Brandon, not everybody does. Yeah, no, that's very true. And I think that's one of the things besides the I think the most strong storytelling is is Maul's arc. But right up there is the is the the clones and how we essentially fell in love with them as a fandom like captain rex when he appeared in that trailer for star wars rebels the place like in bruce you were there the place went absolutely nuts my most watched youtube video oh yeah that's right you did you did put that on youtube (laughs) well um that'll like that'll uh, close out we'll be back next week probably talking more um clone wars each week of course new episodes coming out over the next 12 weeks well 11 weeks now so can't wait to be talking more clone wars brandon uh tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and uh and thanks for coming on this week man Awesome. I'm so happy to be here. You know, this first time really that I've talked about Star Wars since Rogue One, like over on the 602. Dang, nice. We talked about Rogue One when it came out, and uh, that's my favorite Star Wars movie. I love that one. Nice. Um, But you can find me on Twitter, at Brandon Metella. That's B-R-A-N-D-O-N-M-U-T-A-L-A. And again, if you want to listen to my various podcasts, Good Evening, an Alfred Hitchcock podcast. We go through Hitchcock's films one at a time. Franchise Fatigue with no R, Franchise. Uh, we cover movie remakes and sequels and and whole franchises. And we are just we just finished up. We did Creep Show for something a little different. And then coming up, our next series that we'll be starting is going to be the Blade trilogy Ooh. Uh, with Leslie Snipes, and that, that'll be a first time watch for me. Um, and then yeah, over on Trek FM, I'm doing uh, the Line, which is our Star Trek Picard show, and I do that every week and uh, we're having lots of fun and in-depth conversations on that show over there thank you guys so much it's been it's been wonderful being here i've had a really good time and uh, i've really been looking forward to this discussion all week absolutely man thanks so much brandon um like i said we'll have links to all that in the show notes and uh, hey i'm gonna catch the next episode of picard here soon so if it's any (laughs) if it's a testament to uh, i i shouldn't say this but if it's any testament to the world of star trek Savannah's more excited to watch Picard together than she is. She's like, do you know, I knew there was something I liked about Picard. <laughs> well, and she had never even saw <laughs> Next Generation. She's like, do you have to watch the old, like the old '90s one? And I'm like, probably not. No, you nope. could probably be fine. Probably. Uh, you'd probably get it. And she's like, okay, let's watch it. I've seen some ads. It looks good. <laughs> so that she's intrigued. She's someone who's never seen anything other than the J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek movies. Wants to to check it out so there you go well that's good did she like the mandalorian yes yeah she loved the mandalorian yeah for sure. i loved mandalorian it was so good what a great time to be a fan like it i'm is. not one of those people that subscribes to that you have to pick one over the other like love them both there's mm. there's there's good things about star wars and there's good things about star trek and what a wonderful time to be a fan i mean i've got picard on one day i got clone wars on another day you know we've got we got books and comics coming out. We've mm. got movies coming out. We've got TV shows coming out left and right. Like, what a wonderful, wonderful time! And there's still new material for me to consume. I mean, as soon Nick told me to wait to watch Rebels until this season of Clone Wars was done, so I'm going to be starting that in about three months. But nice. I'm definitely going to be jumping into Rebels. Nice. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm totally looking forward to this. What a great time to be a fan. I know. And the thing is, I remember in 2005. That was when uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. I was like, okay, Star Wars is over. It was the last season of Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> no more Star Trek coming. It's over. I was like, it's in. That's nothing. it. That's all, all folks. Over. And now we're sitting here talking about new stuff all over the place. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. Great. It is a great time to be a fan. Brandon, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon, man. Yes. Thank you. Live Bye-bye. long and prosper. 
<laughs> well said, sir. Well said. All right, Mr. Bruce Gibson. Uh, we got we got we got some more to talk about. We got some more to talk about in just a second. Let's see if we can get him on. Uh, the one and only Aaron Goins. We're gonna get him on and talk some uh, talk about some toys. That's actually what we're gonna do. <laughs> oh, there he is! Hi, Aaron. What's up, man? What's up? Uh, you Aaron, know, how's it going? It's going good. How you it's doing? Che- and how you how doing, Chewbacca? So good to see ya. Hello. What? I'm just gonna keep doing Lando quotes now. Uh, how, how's life, man? Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm just, I'm just marveling at Bruce's beautiful beard. Right? I, I, ta- I was talking about it at the beginning. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty great. It's, it's pretty great. Not, not this is my well. first, uh, my first time seeing it. I'm, uh, me like, too. Popped up on video, and I was like, oh, who is that <laughs> handsome man? And he's like, oh, that's the name I've not heard in a long time. That's the second time I told the joke. It's the first time Aaron's hearing it. Though. I just realized everyone listening to the podcast is tired of that joke. You know, you we do. Uh, we do our executive leadership team meetings on Mondays, and we're in a conference room, and our other office is in LA, and so they're up on a big screen, and then in the corner, there's the screen showing what our camera looks like when we're sitting at the table, and I'm sitting there in the conference room, looking at the table, like. Wait, who's that guy? Wait, mm. it, oh, that's me. That's I didn't even recognize <laughs> recognize myself. I wasn't uh, used to the oh longer hair and the beard and all that. Yeah. Well, hey, let me let me pause for we've got questions for you, Aaron. But let me pause just for a second to say a big shout out and thank you to uh, everybody who makes the show happen over at patreoncom report. Hey, check it out. You can get all kinds of cool bonus content and support the Star Wars Report podcast. Most recently, as I mentioned at the top of the show, catch our uh, weekly Co- Clone Wars commentary series that we've launched that's going to be going uh, going out each week as the Clone Wars episodes drop. And, of course, Rogue Transmissions, that crazy sometimes Star Warsy, sometimes not so much podcast pre-show. Uh, it's all available available at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash star wars report you're listening to the star wars report no reward is worth this <laughs> that's right folks uh let's let's talk to you aaron let's talk about toys you know how i love to actually i was pretty <laughs> this is probably the most plugged into star wars collecting i've ever been so it's a great time because you sir you lucky dog you were over at um toy fair or I guess a Toy Fair preview that Lucasfilm did, showcasing all kinds of sweet Star Wars merch. I just want to hear all about it and what jumped out to you. What is the must-buy uh, of Star Wars collecting? Are they are they going to be able to save it? <laughs> I've heard I've heard many a collector bemoaning 
all of the um all of hasbro's struggles in the lead up to the rise of skywalker uh horror stories about no baby yoda toys being available it sounds like they're fixing that <laughs> now there's tons of baby yoda toys available mm-hmm. or at least there will be yeah I, I did go to this event although i didn't realize it was associated to toy fair or i guess it was a pre like a preview of toy fair because toy fair happened like the next day gotcha mm-hmm. yeah so i went up on thursday um and i luckily was able to go up there and actually represent um shout out to fangirls going rogue they didn't have anybody on the east coast that could go up to new york and i'm a train train right away from new york so Mm. they asked if i'd like to cover it for them so sometimes you have to suffer sometimes you just you know i was happy to take the day off work take the train up to new york city and uh hit up this lucasfilm event but it was really it was really cool. I actually haven't been to an event like this before, so I wasn't sure what to expect. Okay. It was pretty small um, as far as the amount of people that were invited. And um, they did like a little Q&A type thing okay. um, at the beginning. And well, actually, not necessarily a Q&A, but more like a little panel. Um, Dave Filoni called in and did like a, a little video banter with um, Anthony Carboni. And then they had some of the people that were involved in the creation of like the toys and merchandise come up and, and kind of talk. And then they let us walk around and look at all the toys and take pictures. And I got to make my first Build-A-Bear. Ooh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Never done that before. Me a, either. A Baby Yoda so Build-A-Bear? What's that? A Baby Yoda Build-A-Bear? Say that yeah. 10 times fast. Uh. Yeah, there was a Baby Yoda Build-A-Bear station. Um, in the corner and I thought it was just like they were demoing you know oh this is what it would look like if somebody made one this is is, you know pretty cool but then I quickly realized that people were like taking them like you get one and you get to keep it I was gonna say with or without permission (laughs) it was like Robert they're stealing them they're stealing them so quickly I got in line because I'm like I'm gonna get a free baby Yoda this is awesome and I was giddy I was more giddy than I thought I would be about making a -A Build-A-Bear but I admittedly was giddy about the fact that I was going to be getting one of these uh, rare children. Nice. That's awesome. So, did you like dress the baby Yoda or like give it no, a No, it was pre-dressed. Or? Okay. Pre-dressed. But you did, you did like basically it comes for anyone that's never done a Build-A-Bear, basically comes unstuffed or with like minimal stuffing in it. And oh, then okay. you go and there's like this machine that they they kind of uh, violently plug this machine into your teddy bear and then you stomp on this little like pedal and it pumps the stuff into the bear. Nice. <laughs> nice. So. Now, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I got to do that and then they, they give you a heart and then you have to do, go through this little ritual with the heart and you kind of like pat it and rub it against your heart and do this little <laughs> ritual and then they put it into the, into the, why are you laughing at me, Bruce? This is an amazing I'm experience. Picturing you with the heart and pumping the bear. This is why I went alone. <laughs> there's no video. Uh, there's no video uh, uh, proof of this, but there would be if I were there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, it was a good time, and I and I luckily was able to bring home a couple builder bears because they just had tons of them. So I I got a Yoda one, and then I brought a couple more home for my kids. So. Nice. Nice. Um. So yeah, that was cool, but there were other things too other than Build-A-Bear. There, you know, they had uh, the the Razor Crest Lego set. Okay. Out, so um, I was able to kind of see that up close and get to see all the minifigs, little baby Yoda minifig. That looks amazing, um, by the way. That's probably there, the thing so. I I'm it jumped out to me the most. That's 
of all the stuff I was seeing pictures of, that was the kind of number one must have, but no surprise. Yeah, that was kind of my, you know, I'm a big Lego guy as well. So that was kind of what I gravitated toward and kind of tried to get some closer looks at that. Um, Trying to think of what else. Oh, so the big thing that was making all the news was the animatronic Baby Yoda. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. That you can purchase now. Um, Which when I got there, they just had the little cradle, the little like hover cradle. Okay. And it was empty. And there was like a little sign there that said something clever about you know the the bounty will be arriving soon or something and and then like i didn't even see it happen i must have been doing a build a bear station and then they brought out the the baby and put it into the cradle and then um it started cooing and making its movements and all this stuff. This sounds like a baby doll convention. What's, right. What's, yeah, <laughs> and I, that's perfect for me, right? No, but 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 yeah, so that of course caught everyone's attention. Everybody's over there with their cameras and mm. and everything. So yeah. um that one seemed to be the most popular yeah. and I guess kind of a surprise because people didn't know it was coming. And and it really was really well done and very um I, I was very surprised when I saw the price point for it. That Which it's only is... like sixty bucks. Oh, mm. um, that's not now. Bad. Of course, it doesn't come with the you know the hover hover cradle or anything like that. It literally, it just comes with the the little the little child. But um, but yeah, it's it was pretty impressive and to watch watch the thing in action. Nice, nice. I like. And so it. these are branded. They're, they're called Baby Yodas. I mean, because we don't know what else to call it. No, yeah. So I know there's like. You're not supposed to say Baby Yoda. I just say Baby Yoda just because, to me, that's the most descriptive way of referring to the thing. Oh, sure, yeah. And that's what everybody's kind of accepted. But really, the way they were branding everything was the child. The child, so like quotes, the child. Okay. The child. So everything had that on it. Mm, gotcha. There was nothing actually branded Baby Yoda. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That makes that makes sense. But, yeah, that's what everybody's going to call it. So we had that. We right. had the Razor. Were any, any other Star Wars Lego sets? That was the only Lego set they had on display there, oh, at least in the preview thing. Now, gotcha. I know, I'm sure um, Toy Fair, which I wasn't at, may have revealed more things, but mm. that was the only thing that I had seen at the at the preview event. Gotcha, gotcha. They and did reveal a Darksaber toy, which was pretty cool. Okay, I, I saw the picture. Did it seem kind of plasticky? Because the picture looks yeah. a little plasticky. Yeah. Very much a toy for for younger kids, and okay. not meant to be like a replica that you would put on your shelf. Because mm, um, I want to build one of those we'll things. See, I think we'll see a, a, a more you know high end version eventually. Mm-hmm. But yeah. For now, this was kind of the you know the first version that's out. Yeah, that's fair. I think um, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, what non Baby Yoda stuff is a hit because it's it seems sort of like. This is um, a renaissance of Star Wars collecting. It's sort of like Baby Yoda is the new, I don't know. Uh, Tickle me Elmo. Ba- well, yeah, but also like Banner, <laughs> he's carrying the banner of Star Wars collecting, which at least I see, because I'm not really plugged into the collecting community as much. Aaron, I think you are more than me, but the, I, I just sort not of get this. more than you. <laughs> yeah, I, I get the sense that it, 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 it was a sort of disappointing um, in terms of the tie-ins for Rise of Skywalker, but they really seem to be leaning into this whole Mandalorian thing. And, of course, Hasbro announced all of their um, tie-in stuff for the Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary, right. which looks pretty sweet, too. 
And I'm not even yeah, a, I did like see I say, some I'm, of the yeah the black series figures that are coming out for Empire Strikes Back, and those look pretty cool. So nice. nice. That's usually like my wheelhouse when it comes to collecting. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't collect a ton, but I do like to get the nice the the six inch black series figures, and then um, Lego and some Funko Pops from time to time. So yeah, yeah. My my I'm I'm Lego a handful of Funko Pops, and then the recent thing I've been getting into is is the is the coffee table books. So like uh, I got I I got all three of the making of books by Jonathan Rinsler, um, the art of books I've been picking up. Um, oh, those are amazing! I love those. And- the art of the rise of Skywalker, I believe, is coming out. It's soon, soonish. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it's. Um, I think it's March. Pretty sure it's March sometime. So I think it's by the uh, uh, end of the month. I or end of next month. But um, that 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 I can't wait for the um, the novelization that comes out. And of course, the other thing about um, uh, in publishing, and, and the, that's just the weird weirdness of the time we happen to be recording this. But I'll go ahead and we'll talk about what we have at least so far. Uh, and that is this Project Luminous publishing series. We haven't really talked about it that much on the show, um, but the uh, and I'll have to because there's already there's been a leak because they put the title of the book on um, on tw- on on their website, which of course leaked immediately on Twitter. Uh, but they're doing some kind of sh- muckety muck, sh- uh, fancy schmancy event. But all we know is it's a publishing initiative that's going to be Claudia Gray, Kevin Scott, Justine Ar- Ireland, um, Charles Soule, basically kind of a who's who of recent popular Star Wars authors. And um, people seem pretty hy- hyped about it. Um, Aaron, are you? Uh, you got to be pretty excited about this, knowing you. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely pretty excited about it. I think. Uh, based on what we're seeing and based on that leaked cover, and I know the, I think the official news is supposed to drop literally in like 15 minutes. I know, yeah, as we're, as we're, we're literally, speaking. yeah, as we're recording. So by this. the time this goes out to, you know, your podcast feed, this will be old news. But, you know, based on the cover that they released, it looks like it's going to be, you know, kind of what they're calling High Republic era. Mm-hmm, yep. Which is probably what we would all refer to as Old Republic. <laughs> Um, so it looks like they're kind of going back to the older Jedi when there were probably more of them and maybe there were some more Sith around. So that's definitely an era that I enjoy. And I know back in the legend stuff, they had a lot of comics set in those eras. And even there were definitely, I think at least one novel, if not more that was mm. set in that era. Yeah. So I, I prefer, like I love stories about Jedi and the force. And so it looks like this is where these stories are going to be landing. So it's definitely right up my alley. Yeah, let me ask you directly because we do have, and I'll I'll toss you um or, uh, you you may already have it up, Aaron, but I'll I'll post it in the chat. And we'll have a link to it in the show notes. We'll have a link to the official announcement that probably breaks down more detail. But the one that did leak uh, earlier today on the Random House website website, which I say leak, they posted it on their website. So like. I don't know how much people are getting mad on Twitter that people are posting information about it. And I'm, I'm like, you posted it on your website. I mean, and we're not going to talk I about think it. The, I think the posting on the website was probably accidental. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but of course, they're, that's, I think the, uh, they're trying to preserve, preserve the surprise for the big event that they've invited everybody to and stuff. But they've been teasing this thing for months in celebrations, like t- almost a year that they've been teasing this series. So the first, I'm guessing the first, but at least one part of this is something called Star Wars The High Republic, Light of the Jedi. And it's this freaking awesome 
old Republic era looking je- group of Jedi uh, brandishing their lightsabers. It's by Charles Soule. Uh, Aaron, let me get your hot take on this. I love it. I mean, I love what it looks like. We don't really know. There's not like a description yeah. or anything about the book or, or anything, but just based on the cover and kind of what it's implying, um, I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. I know like just based on the names of the, the people involved, um, it looks like, and the companies involved. So there's going to be uh, Disney Publishing, Delray, IDW, and Marvel are all going to be involved in this project. Yeah, that's So the cool. Charles Soule cover we're seeing here, I don't know if that's a... Because he tends to be a comic yeah, writer. a great comic writer, by the way. One of my favorite writers. And he's done a ton with the Marvel Star Wars line already. Um, so I don't know if this is a cover for a comic series he's doing or if they're if he's getting into the, the novel side of things. It wouldn't be the first time that a, a comic writer did a novel, but so yeah, I'm not sure what we're looking at here. <laughs> if it's yeah. a, you know, if it's the, I'm assuming though that it's branded Del Rey and it's on the yeah the Random House site that it, it seems like it's the novel. Well, yeah, and of course we know Charles Soule. He's the guy behind behind uh, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith series. Um, he's yes. currently doing the Rise of Kylo Ren series, which is just amazing. And then um, I, one thing I really liked, and he's delved into the prequel era, so maybe High Republic is, is going to be interesting to see his uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin series, which I loved um, for Marvel. So uh, if you haven't read Star Wars Obi-Wan and Anakin, it's, it's a great, I mean, Clone Wars adventure. Um, and I love that era, and I love those characters. So it's, it, he's, just him being involved gets me excited about it. Um, and since it's comics, it'll actually rope me into those stories <laughs> instead of uh, instead of books. So I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm excited. That's awesome, man. Uh, we I just realized we we're pretty much out of time this week, um, but because I'm getting ready to go record Ma- Mouse and Castle with Aaron. So uh, if you guys want more podcasting uh, this week, head over to Mouse and Castle. It's coming back. We're doing it. Uh, it's a thing that's happening. But in the meantime, I just have to say a big thank you to everybody. Uh, who supports the show patreon.com uh, slash star report all you guys who are have been supporting us um bruce thanks so much for coming on and of course a shout out to brandon we'll have the links to all of his uh podcasting exploits in the world of star trek star wars alfred hitchcock it's a it's a veritable buffet of podcasting content uh we'll have the links to all of that in the show notes bruce gibson uh take us out tell everybody where they can find you and uh, maybe what you're looking most forward to in the potential of a High Republic series. Well, I, yeah, I'm looking at some leaked things as we're speaking. Oh. I've been searching this Ooh. whole time. <laughs> so oh, uh, it looks pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I uh, recently did the Outbound Flight novel. But I've, I've been wanting to read that. That's Legends. But, oh, you know, nice. Whatever. Uh, that's a good one. That is Thrawn. It's a Thrawn Legends. Yeah, I've, I've read, that, read one. that for a long time. I have read that one. Look, a Star Wars book I've read. It's that one. I read, <laughs> yeah, I've read that one. I've there you one. go. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. And I uh, got a new podcast coming out soon called Positively Track. And I do another show called what? Literary Tracks. So, there you go. Wait, <clears throat> don't just roll by that. Um, where can folks uh, follow you to make sure they can subscribe when Positively Track hits? Well, it's on Twitter at positively track well look at what the heck man look at that How go follow at, that? at positively track go follow it uh bruce is uh expanding his world of podcasting so go check that out um yeah uh aaron let let the people know where they can find you uh you can find me on twitter at av goins and uh you can find all the pictures i took at this lucas film event including a really cute video of 
Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. So yeah, listen. You need some more Baby Yoda in your life. Go check that out. Oh, uh, but it. no video of you pumping the stuffing. Into <laughs> nope. Like, no or stuffing. the heart. <laughs> yeah. No, no heart ceremony. Oh well. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Guys, follow us at Star Wars Report across social media. Shoot us an email, starwarsreport at gmail.com. And uh, listen to the show, subscribe to the show, leave us ratings and reviews wherever you listen to Star Wars podcasts. All I got to say is may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. that's all folks thanks man thanks aaron thanks uh bruce let's Thank uh you all. i will uh i'll tag you this uh goes up wednesday sir but of course i'll uh tag it up good show good show good times i'll um always quick hit before